Hey y'all, how y'all doing? On this episode of the show, I'm joined by my friends Monique Walker-Hicks, Sonya Garrett, and Latricia Shedd. These ladies have a very real and genuine conversation about their experiences with pregnancy loss, preterm labor, and infant loss. It's a heavy conversation, but it's so necessary. It's long, but I hope you listen all the way to the end. It's worth every minute of it. Listen and be encouraged or share with someone you know who who may have gone through a similar loss. Thanks and have a great day. Before we get to the show, I wanted to just take a minute to talk about the Golden Globes. I didn't watch the show, but I did see clips here and there of the winners. And one winner I'm super proud of is Andrew Day. Now, don't get me wrong, I am biased because I was there to see Andrew when she was inducted into Delta Sigma Theta sorority as an honorary member. So I low-key feel like I'm her big sister. So forgive me if I, you know, humble brag just a little bit. However, the biggest thing that stuck out to me was when she won, there's a clip on Instagram of her celebrating and talking to Access Hollywood. But before she can even finish her speech, Regina King comes out. And when I tell you she cheers and jumps up and down and shouts for Andra, it was so dope just to see another black woman cheer for another black woman. And I know people might get tired of us bragging on ourselves all the time about how much we support each other because sometimes there are just people out there we don't, where we don't support each other. But for the most part, I can tell you my experience has been black women we hold each other up when no one else has our backs and that's what it means to be ride or die when things are great we cheer for each other just like we're winning if my sister wins i'm winning too so i'm gonna cheer for her like it was me and when she's down i grieve just like it's my grief and so that's what i wanted to highlight today just surround yourself with a ride or die crew who can stick with you through thicker thin. And I believe my guests today, they are part of my ride or die crew. And when you hear this episode, you will realize what it means to be there for each other when you win, but to also be there for each other when things get tough. Because life will get tough and you need some folks in your corner who are going to stand by you and not give up and hold you up when you can't hold yourself up. Sign your favorite homegirl. Hey y'all. Hey, hey Tracy. How y'all doing? Good. We're good. Well, how about you? Good. How was y'all's week? Easy. Long. Long. Yeah. Even for the three days of being back at school, it was long. So mm-hmm. true. So true. And it's end of the month for me, so oh. I had to work even yesterday. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, it's oh. been a long week. Mine's well. just busy, just 
It's, it's, mm-hmm. Well, we made it through. Yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Thank you, Lord. Jesus. To my listeners today on on the show, I have three of my <laughs> longtime friends: um, Monique Walker Hicks, Sonya Garrett. <laughs> And Trisha Shed. Is it Lil Trisha or Trisha? I've Trisha. Trisha for so long. Mm-hmm. It's Lil Trisha, but that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have known each of these ladies probably 20 plus years now. We all were friends at the University of Texas at Arlington. And yes, I always have my classmates and my sorority sisters on. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. There's not. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, and we all just... Um, they stayed in the same dorm together. Lipscomb, Sky, Lipscomb South. Deuce, deuce. Mm-hmm. Deuce, deuce. Yeah. So you, you can't say that because you chose other, you chose the other, side yeah, other, other okay. places to live, and that's okay. Don't do me. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was honorary deuce, deuce. Mm. I just lived on the north side in the summertime with Donna. So, like, right. <laughs> part of that dorm, too. Don't, Brazos, we kicked it. <laughs> yes, y'all did. So we just, she was in a project. Yes. I stayed there once in on summer and I have not been back ever. You know, you had the best fun in the projects. Yeah. You had the cousins. You have to go visit them because they have. I know. Trish, I saw them pipes coming out the room. I'm like, Lord, I can't do it. Yeah. Yes, I walked in. You had a shower? Like, no, ma'am. Mm-mm. I can't do it. We Mm-mm. messed with you. We saw Trish. Listen, them pipes in the wild prepared Ooh. me for a snow at 19. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, to, I brought these ladies on the show today to talk about it's a really serious subject, but I think it's one that needs to be shared. Um, and it's about pregnancy loss, pregnancy loss, um, infant mortality and things like that. <clears throat> and the reason I wanted to share, well, I've always asked my friends, you know, to give me ideas about shows. And we have like a periodic, once the quarantine started, we started Zooming, you know, yeah. the group of us, uh, the ride or die crew, because it's about yeah. eight or nine of us in the mm-hmm. group. Yeah. We get in on Zoom and we check up on each other. And I don't know how the conversation started, but <laughs> Sonya was talking and she was like, um, Tracy, you started talking to Mo. Mm-hmm. And her name is Monique, but I will say Mo. You started talking to Mo about her experience with miscarriage. And you mm-hmm. was like, it would be a good topic to share. And I was like, well, yeah, it would. And Mo was looking like, man. <laughs> but then I'm thinking, well, Sonya has a good story to share, too, about her son, Ryan. And low-key, in my mind, I didn't say anything to you. I was like, I'm going to get her on the show, too. <laughs> and then... As we started to plan this show, I, I reached out to Mo and I asked her if she would do it. And of course, she was hesitant. And I was like, well, would you be OK if Sonya joins you so you didn't have to do it together? And she was like, yes. And we started texting. And then you share with me about Latricia's story, which I did not know about, right. about her right. losing twins. Right. And so I was like, well, do you guys think that she would join you? I was like, yeah, <laughs> we just volunteered each other. Sure. So. And I think it's a good story to share because once I started doing a little research on it, I learned that black women are two times more likely than white women or Hispanic women to lose babies to miscarriage and stillbirth. And then we are three to four times more likely to die from pregnancy complications. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, a lot of times what we do is we don't share a lot. And 
as a person on the outside looking in, I, and I think people don't know how to approach having that conversation because you're so likely to offend or say the wrong thing or bring up pain. But I think you, this would be a good subject to help someone who may have gone through it or who might be pregnant and maybe some things to look out for. Absolutely. So I appreciate y'all for being willing to come on and have the conversation. And um, I'm just going to let the listeners know this is going to be real organic <laughs> because normally I try to prepare as much as I can, but there's just something about this topic where I just, I mean, what do I say? Other right. than I think your story would be good to, right. to share with other women. And so with that being said, I just want to start with the saying that each of you have very different experiences. Um, Mo, you, you know, experienced a miscarriage and then Sonia, your son was born and he was an infant and he passed away. And then Latricia, your twins were premature. Am I correct? And Mm -hmm. and they passed away after they were born. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be a good thing to let each of you share your own personal story about it and then we'll you know get more in depth so i think i want to go in order of uh i hate to say this but it sounds me but life you know Mm -hmm. like the uh miscarriage and then the twins and then ryan okay that's okay okay so mo if you wouldn't mind would you share your story like kind of what happened what led up to the experience did you experience anything when did you have any health issues or you share whatever you want to share Tracy can I say this real quick sure and let me just show you about friendship it, we've all been friends for 20 plus years and all have experienced all of this excuse me but you'll be amazed how we haven't even talked Ooh, in wow. depth about to how each to, other nope so this is the first time in depth so yeah. listeners if we cry y'all just y'all gonna be all right y'all gonna cry with me. well I, I just that humbles me that y'all are willing to do this with me so thank you all for this I appreciate it so much you know you're good people <laughs> you're so <sweet. laughs> even, even though I'm not deuce deuce I, I I'm on yeah yeah <laughs> okay well all right um oh god okay Um, let's see Uh, I had not had any uh, I'd never been pregnant before you know uh, in in my 20s you know finally got pregnant in my late 30s but it wasn't anything that I was actually necessarily saying oh you know like some people when you're you're like oh by 30 I need to have a baby you know I wasn't really focused on that you know working doing my career just living life um I had nieces uh already that were like my kids so they were my they were my kids or whatever so I'll remember the 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 first pregnancy um, I'll never forget I went to see my niece my nieces and nephew they were getting ready to go to school and so my sister who has already had my first niece she says you're pregnant I was like girl what are you talking about she's like you're pregnant I can just see it in your face I was like oh shut up so anyway um after that I was like mm, you know she kind of you know, strange or whatever. So anyway, I was like, let me go, let me go to the doctor and take a pregnancy test. So I 
went to work. I left work on my lunch. I was like, I gotta go to the to the clinic, whatever. So I went there. <clears throat> and I went there, I went for like I was sniffling too. So I went there for like, hey, can you give me some allergy medicine? Then he comes back in the room. He was like, No, I cannot. You're pregnant. I said, excuse me. And he was like, You're pregnant. So I was like, okay, fine. So after that, I called my OBGYN, which um, at this time I was living in Dallas. I currently live in Atlanta. Uh, you know, confirmed the pregnancy. Pregnancy goes on, you know, everything is good. Uh, get, you know, do all your uh, appointments and everything. So then I get to about week 20, I think, like week 22. So everything's going great. You know, they tell me everything's great. Everything's going great. So this one day I go to work and I'm at work and I think it's a Wednesday. I think it's a Wednesday. No, it may have been a Thursday. I go to work on Thursday, um, do my normal work. I go to the restroom, you know, use the restroom. Now, how? I mean, I'm not going to get too graphic, but anyway. So I noticed <clears> something. <throat> I was like, uh, this doesn't look right. I mean, it was like kind of mucusy when you wiped. So I was like, mm -hmm. okay. I was like, well, I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. I'll let him know tomorrow. Well, left home. I mean, left work, went home. I remember that day I just kind of laid on the couch and, you know, uh, told my husband, I was like, I'm really sleepy. I don't really feel good. So I'm going to go to sleep. So anyway, I go to sleep early so then I wake up and I don't sleep very well so I wake up I'm watching I'll never forget I'm watching Chef Robot and then all of a sudden my stomach starts hurting I was like oh I have to poop so I go to the restroom use the restroom then I wipe then I'm like oh it's a little bit of blood I was like mm, that's not right so I get up I go get my phone and I call my doctor's office on um the on-call doctor. So I call her and she answered. She was like, well, Monique, um, I said, well, I have an appointment later today. She was like, okay, well, we'll just wait later today. She said, but if anything else happens, call me. I was like, okay, I'll call you back. So then I get back in the bed. I'm still watching Chef Roblay and laughing. And I was like, ooh, that food looks good. Then all of a sudden I was like, I gotta go back to the bathroom. Mind you, I'm not thinking right. that I'm possibly in labor because it doesn't, it's not hurting. Feel like, labor, right. It doesn't mm -hmm. feel laborish. It's, mm -hmm. it's not hurting. You know, I'm reading the book about, uh, you know, the book that everybody got the, you know, what month you're in and week, what you should be experiencing. So where I, where I was in my pregnancy was not what I was experiencing because I'm, I'm experiencing mm -hmm. all down the line, getting ready for, you know, birth. So I get back up and I go in the restroom and from there it was it was just it was just a total panic like just panic I just I, I couldn't and my husband is asleep so then I'm just like uh like like calling his name and like uh you know my I'm just calling his name and then he wakes up he was like what's wrong I was like you gotta call 911 you just gotta call 911 and um so he's calling 911. I have my cell phone. I'm talking to the doctor on uh, this on um, this on call. I called her back. I was like, I don't know what's happening. I was like, I just feel all this pressure. 
and she was like, what are you doing? I was like, sitting on the toilet. She was like, get off. She was like, get up, just get off the toilet. So I got up. By that time, it was just all this pressure. And then I could hear the ambulance coming because she was asking me, can you make it at that time? You know, I was going to the doctor in Medical City, but I live way in Little Am. You know, it was just, it was just the, there was just no time to make it. So anyway, um, but literally, I mean, I just, I mean, she comes. I mean, I already knew it was a girl. I mean, she's coming and then they're there. And then so I'm talking to her, talking to my doctor, the paramedic is there. And then she was like, well, tell them, don't, I guess, don't cut the umbilical cord. And I'm just like, don't cut, but they'd already done it. So, I mean, at that point, I was just, I was just out of it. But I will say, during that as women we find strength like mm-hmm. i wasn't it was like at first i was scared but then all of a sudden it's just like your big girl baby's coming to get together you gotta get it together you gotta get it together you gotta get together i gotta do this so anyway <clears throat> i have her the ambulance come there's like two two ambulances in my house and now you know you're thinking oh lord i mean i got two ambulances and the neighbor's gonna what i mean the neighbor's gonna mm-hmm. say and you know mm-hmm. you're thinking all this stuff right um, so then they took us um they were gonna take us separately but then i could hear and say she's breathing so i'm like good so they put me on the stretcher we're going out now mind you it's in january it is one of the coldest nights in texas um by this time i had taken off you know you know your undergarments and when he puts me on that stretcher i was like sir please kind of cracked i was like sir please make sure that you know my my behind is not showing i mean i I don't (laughs) don't be uh exposed or whatever you see yeah i mean you know you're, I'm really scared, mm-hmm. but for me, you know, I'm, I'm kind of making light of it, like, hey, do this. So, um, I mean, we, I, from there, I mean, I was just rushed to the hospital, so my husband had to follow. Um, you know, I have a daughter. Um, you know, she's there, so, I mean, at that time, we just, we, you know, we were pulling, calling family, you know, hey, can you come over? Can you stay with her while we go to the hospital? It, mm-hmm. it was just like that but I will say that um because my in-laws live close I will say that they they were there I mean they were like like right on the clock just you know right there and you know we're there and so um I just know when we got to the hospital they were just like you know she, she didn't survive you know she she didn't survive but she took a breath I was able to see her and I saw her like like take a breath and for me I was like okay she's probably gonna make it but during that because they had taken me off I didn't know what was going on with her mm-hmm. right. I, I didn't I didn't know what was going on with her because they were gonna send her we were gonna go two two different ways like they were gonna send her to a NICU and I think they were gonna send her to Plano mm-hmm. and you'll hear about hear about that uh to the Plano hospital so in my mind I'm thinking okay yes because I've had somebody that's experienced you know in that you know, at that uh, hospital, so she's gonna be okay. But she wasn't. I mean, I mean, she wasn't. And for me, that was it was tough. I mean, it was it was really tough because here you are, your first pregnancy. You have your, you know, your friends or whatever. And I mean, I know what 
you know, Sonya's experience that, you know, she had Ryan and I'm, I'm probably getting my dates mixed up because, you know, like, you know, Sonya had Ryan and then in between there, you know, Trisha had Calais. So I've, I've previously experienced, you know, birth and loss, birth of a premature baby that, you know, I kept her, her diaper that looks like a panty liner at my desk at work and you know to see that she was able to to grow and you know live and but I mean there it was it was tough I mean I would even go to the hospital and be like you know with you know and Trisha tell her story but I would go to the hospital with Trisha and I'd be like she was like well you want to hold her I was like girl she's so little I mean you just hold her in your in your hand Mm -hmm. like in your hand and to see that and to experience that and then you know to see my baby and you know she's just just as little and but she's probably even smaller because she hasn't really developed I mean you can just see she hasn't really developed she's still developing you know her eyes hadn't fully they were closed but you can tell they weren't developed because you know they kind of bulged out so I guess she hadn't come into her face Mm -hmm. but um you know and so that and then you know they come in there and they tell you that you've uh you know, it's your baby didn't survive and you're like, okay. And, you know, they give you time and because she took a breath, Mm -hmm. she, she was born. So Mm -hmm. she born and died. Mm -hmm. And so with that Mm -hmm. being said, you know, she could have a a birth certificate. So I did, you know, we were able to get a birth certificate and all that, um, for her. Um, um, so, so with that loss and, you know, so I was able to name her and I had to name her like really, really fast. They were like, well, do you have a name? And I'm like, uh, I have a whole list of names, but I didn't have one name yet. So I, I ended up, uh, naming her, uh, Riley. Uh, her middle name was Mikhail. Um, uh, and I don't even think Tiffany knows this cause she had given me a whole bunch of lists, but one of the names was Riley. So. I did I did use one of the names from uh from Tiffany I don't even think she knows that I mean I spelled it the way I wanted to but (laughs) I did get a suggestion (laughs) from from her um okay so then after so then that's the birth but it is the after um it, it it's the after the loss that you try to be strong and if you know if anyone knows me I'm always going to be like the strong one. I mean, they're like, Mo, are you, I mean, are you okay? I mean, you're not even crying. I mean, I mean, and I'm like, uh, I mean, I'm okay. I'm fine. And it's like, but you're so strong, but you're not, why are you not crying? I was like, well, it's not that I don't cry. I mean, I'm, I think in my head, I was still trying to process mm-hmm. what happened, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what happened to me or whatever. And then, mm-hmm. You know, you just, and I think people don't really, they don't really know what to say Same. or they don't know what to say or what to do or, you know, like that. And so, um, so anyway, I dealt with that. And then, you know, after, 
you know, you do that. And then I go to my regular doctor and we're talking and, you know, he's saying, okay, well, you know, you've had your, <laughs> you've had your baby and, you know, you go back to work. I said, no, sir. I said, mm-hmm. no. I was like, I've had a baby and I'm going to be off on maternity leave. So okay. whatever we have to do to, for me to be out for whatever, six, eight weeks, that's what we're going to do. I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting ready to just immediately go back to work. Like nothing ain't happened. Like nothing happened. I was like, though my baby didn't live, and, you know, and I had to explain. I said, though my baby didn't live, I still had a baby. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be on maternity leave. So let's work that mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I'm just, and that's probably, that's one of the questions later on. I wanted you all, and I'm glad you touched on it now, but I was going to ask you all, you know, later what were the days like after and then the health care because I mean even even if she hadn't taken her breath like you still deserve that time to process the fact that I was expecting and now I'm not you know what I'm saying like I'm gonna move on because I'm gonna get mad and if y'all see me pick up my cup I to get through this I had to have a little something in it So I apologize. It's okay. Um, it's okay. So it's I okay. think that's a good um segue to Latricia. And I did learn and me just being ignorant, I didn't really even understand the difference between like a miscarriage versus a stillbirth baby, which is miscarriages happen between 10 and 20 weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and then stillbirths are 20 weeks after. And after. I'm just like you guys really have each hit there were like about four pregnancy related deaths or losses in this miscarriage stillbirth uh infant death and it was one more i forgot what i'm like that so i would think they said so i was preterm preterm labor preterm and so i'm just like that's just not amazing in a good way but just amazing in the fact that all three of y'all are friends we're friends to experience these in the same friend group you know you might know one person here or the person there but all together so Latricia um you want to go ahead and share your story oh okay (laughs) (laughs) um well like Mo said like it was the last thing on my mind that I was gonna get pregnant or have kids and or anything like that but you know when you do grown folks stuff stuff happens so even with Kales you know like most said my story started with Kales I mean I had her I got pregnant with her and my doctor had already set me up for hmm. everything that um potential complications <clears throat> because I was overweight um high blood pressure um my age at the time but her I was 33 mm-hmm. so but even with that you know um and I had a very 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 stressful job and I had lost my job mid-pregnancy so it was you know it was a lot stacked up when I had her it was amazing that she did as well as she did or that I did as well as, but the, the thing the difference was I had more time to prepare with Kales. You know, the doctor had time. It wasn't an emergency situation like it was with the twins. 
So she was able to have a better chance. They were happy on steroids to build her lungs up. Like she had a better shot. But even her, she was born at 29 weeks. Mm-hmm. And she weighed two pounds, two ounces at birth. And she had to stay in DQ and be on oxygen and stuff for probably five weeks. And then they started to wean her off. And it was on her at that point to make it. And like Mo said, you know, we would go to the hospital and to see her just have to sit there and fight, you know, um, it was it was a lot. But, you know, God sets up everything because if I would have been working, I wouldn't have been able to go to the hospital every day and be there for her. And they said such a difference with, the, with, with you know, with these babies and they trying to, you know, grow and, and get heal and, you know all of that stuff. So I was able to bring her home, like Mo said, and and just be, she came home from the hospital at four pounds, four ounces. Still very, very tiny. Mm-hmm. Very, very tiny. But she was really good. I'm not going to let you stay. <laughs> they, I mean, and I was on Medicaid at the time, too, so they like, nah, you got to go. <laughs> she, I, y'all got to get on out of there. But, so to, I, so to Mo's point, when I got pregnant, again you know it was you know totally un you know unplanned so to get pregnant again and then to find out that i was pregnant between it's like i'm sitting on the table i'm like i don't believe that i'm pregnant but i took a test at home i was like okay this can't be happening again and um you know to find out i was pregnant and then to go to the hospital and I'm laying there and they doing the sonogram. And they like, well, I see two. I'm like, two what? Uh so like, yeah, they're 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 two babies. Where? In my womb, I don't who you looking at somebody else's? Because I I don't have two kids in here. Mm-hmm. Girl, I was pregnant with twins. And I called my mom. I said, Mama, what 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 what? Twins? She said, well, you know, your granddaddy was a twin. I said, now you would bring that to my recollection. And they, they say they skipped a generation, you know. So my mama didn't have twins. Then I get pregnant with twins. And my sister never had kids. So but so I'm like, like Mo said, you immediately go into survival mode. I'm like, okay, I've been through this. Mm-hmm. I already know. I went to the doctor and she was like, well, this is going to be a little different. She's like, you're older. Um, you know, you're still the weight issue, and uh, because you, I, I had preeclampsia with Kelly. That's why I went into. Uh, that's why, and my blood pressure was uncontrollable. They couldn't get it down, even with the medication, because there's only so much medication you can take while you're pregnant, and that particular medication wasn't controlling the pressure as well. So it was, you know, they had to go ahead and take her uh, to save me. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so by the fact that I had had it was twins, the blood pressure, preeclampsia before, the weight and the age, I had all these factors that were against me with these, with these, you know, with the twins. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna write it out. And she told me, she said, if they make it for 30 weeks, I'm taking them. You know, they you're gonna have to, they're gonna have to come on out. And I'm like, okay, well. Calais made it to 29 weeks, so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good at 30, you know, they'll be all right. They fully developed. I mean, they're small, but they have everything, you know, to be born. Um, 
but this this prank it was just a little different. So I, I pressed through as much as I could. But uh so I got pregnant probably in December. Probably by April, I was I was cooked. I couldn't work anymore. Um I was carrying so much fluid, it was it was unbearable. Like because where I had to work, it was a long way from the parking lot to the building. And so mm -hmm. the and it was just excruciating. It was it was it was awful. Like I was miserable. And I have a four year old that I'm taking care of by myself. Mm -hmm. So it was it was a lot going on with me. Uh and I didn't I was really embarrassed about the second pregnancy because I should have known better. So I didn't really talk about it a lot. Um I felt a lot of people judged me for getting pregnant again, knowing the first situation by the same guy. I thank God it was the same guy because I didn't want to be that one out here with different baby daddies, regardless of what I may think about him or what others may think about him. You know, he was still the father of all my kids and I thank God for that. Mm -hmm. um, very, very alone, even with my family in the process. Because um, my family is not that family reaching out and helping a lot is just on me and so I don't ask for a lot of help because I don't like rejection for one and I don't feel like I should get it from my family of all people but it happens so like Mo said you know you get a real thick skin when it comes to certain things because you just used to doing it by yourself um and so that was the, the approach that I took you know with the second pregnancy mm -hmm. I knew I wasn't gonna get a lot of help from him so I'm just like, I got to take care of me and her and just try to keep myself healthy in the process. But it was just too much for my body there. I mean, even being off work, I was supposed to be on bed rest, but I got a four-year-old, <laughs> you know, and then I'm taking care of by myself. So I can't too much bed rest <laughs> when I got to school and, you know, do all this stuff. And um, I shouldn't have been dry. I shouldn't have been doing nothing, but... Mm -hmm. I didn't have that choice. So um, probably about into the 25th, going into the 26th week. Um, I mean, I had went to the doctor. I had went to, uh, what's the doctor that look at the, 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 the sonogram doctor? I went to, I was having to see a specialist. Oh. I can't think of the name, but it was a specialist that looks, you know, I was trying to see the, the sex of the twins, but I was having to go to the specialist with all my, you know, health issues and stuff. But this particular visit, uh, he oh. was trying to see the babies, but he couldn't. Is an obstetrician? Obstetrician? No, not the. I don't know what his what the name of his doctor was, but he was the specialist, like with the with that some kind of specialist with the sonogram. Uh, I don't know what type of specialist. I can't think of the name of it right now. But but either way, he was look. He was doing the sonogram, trying to look at the babies, and um, and he was trying to tell me the sex. But he couldn't see one of them, and he couldn't he couldn't figure out. It was like the baby was being blocked by the other baby. It was a weird situation, but he could he didn't have fat tissue around my stomach anyway. So, but it was he was saying that one baby look he was saying one baby looked smaller. He was telling me that so maybe that's why he couldn't see them. But um, that day, I remember. Uh, that that same week, the doctor had to put it, put me on nurses coming to the house. That's how bad it was getting. 
Mm-hmm. You know, nurses were going to have to come to the house and check my blood pressure. Like I had a home health person like coming to the house. Um, and that, that, that was like the first visit. <laughs> and the man, and she was checking my pressure. So my, I had been to the doctor earlier that day. And uh, she came in. She, she, she said something's not right. She said something's not right. Um, we need to get you to the hospital. I have a four-year-old, okay? She's not home. She's at school. And I don't ask her daddy, you know, to go do stuff like that because, I, again, I can only depend on Trisha. So I had to try to make some kind of arrangement that day because I had to go to the hospital. And I hadn't picked up my baby, so all my concern is on Kale's. Like, I'm like, because I know she going to panic and mama not picking her up, mm-hmm. you know. But mama got to go to the hospital. So I'm, I I got him to pick her up or whatever, but I wanted or my sister or somebody picked her up. And I went to the hospital and my doctor came in and uh, she said, um, yeah, you now I'm, I'm probably 26 weeks. She said, you staying, you, you can't go back home. You too. You too sick, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, but I, my, I have my baby, you know. And the last thing I'm like, I can't live with her daddy. That I can't. Do. <laughs> I'm like, I can't. She's not gonna understand this, you know, because mm-hmm. she with mama all the time. Mm-hmm. But she knew mama was having. She knew she was having ten twin brothers, and she wanted to be a big sister. And she that's all. She was like, okay, well, whatever. Okay, mommy. You stay and get better, you know. She was turning five in a couple of days. And so, you know, she she was just so excited about being a big sister. And we was ready, like she was we was ready. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. And that's all I got, you know. Yeah. We, were, we we were ready. We were looking. We were we even if it was just gonna be me and her. We were ready to, you know, to ride it out, you know. And uh, but then it got kind of scary because I had to go into the hospital. And uh, I remember it was a Saturday, and it was the day of her birthday. Uh, it was May fourteenth. I mean, her birthday is the 16th, but I had a, fry, a, a party for her that Saturday. I had planned it all out. Sonia was there. Monique, were you there? Uh, it was at Puppet mm-hmm. uh, in Arlington. And my sister had it all planned out. I had, you know, gave, gave her all the instructions. They know me. I'm very organized. I like make sure she got everything she wanted for her birthday. And plus, I wasn't going to be there. So it had to be really special. Especially beating. And uh anyway, but her dad was there. Um, uh, you know, and he she had she was staying with him. And I did get to see her that morning. My sister bought her by or he bought her by to help me help her get dressed, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so um anyway, she went, they had the party, and um unfortunately I got into an altercation with her dad that day and uh it pushed me over the edge and I had got really really sick but my sister had it was so interesting that my sister had told me 
that morning when she saw me, she said, I, I kept saying, she said, kept saying, I was complaining about a headache. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, with that blood pressure, you know, and being, having preeclampsia before, looking back now, I know that it was already said then, that morning, you know, or prior to, you know, because I could, they couldn't control my pressure. You know, but uh, she told me, she said, after, after it was all over, she was like, Trisha, you was already saying that your head was hurting that morning. And um, but I was just had to stay real calm. That was the only way I was going to get the CKLs again that day. But after I had gotten into an altercation with her dad, I couldn't, I, you know, I couldn't calm down. Um, and Kelly, after the party was over, my sister was bringing Kelly back to see me at the hospital uh but they would let her in mm-hmm. and i got so upset because they would let her in because it was her birthday i wanted to see all her stuff and i just wanted to see her face open her gifts and that was the only thing i was looking forward to that day you know not thinking your life gonna be over this day because once they told me they was like okay well we'll check your pressure if your pressure's okay then she can come in but if your pressure's up she can't come in you know, this is what the nurses are telling me. Mm-hmm. My, now, my child is standing at the door, okay? My mom and daddy, is they have made it to the hospital. My mom and daddy is sitting and they like, something not right. And they telling me what happened at the party, you know? And, uh, and, my, and I had already gotten into it with her dad. And so I said, well, don't take my pressure in because I want to see my baby. Mm-hmm. You know, don't take my... They like, Miss Shay, we got to take the pressure. You know, we... And I'm like, no, I want to see my kid. And by now, by now, I'm short of breath. So now, my uh, the pulmonary edema is setting in. That's what I had. I had mm-hmm. pulmonary edema because I had so much fluid on my body mm-hmm. um, that it was starting to fill up my lungs. It was like a, it was they equated to drowning internally. Is what I had going on. I didn't know, you know, at the time, but. Um, I, I literally started like tussling with the nurses, you know, because I wanted to see my kid and they were trying to calm me down. They were trying to lay me down. She was acting a fool. Not to ask you shit. I'm oh, sorry. This is, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> we were all outside the house. We was at the parties and she was acting a fool. So she needed to calm down because she was acting a fool. I, I just wanted to see my kid yes. and uh, they, they wouldn't let me see her. And, uh, <laughs> So that was they that they, they had to knock me out. Mm. So they, they had to you. knock me out. Yeah, no, they had to knock me out. They had to, but at that point I was dying, you know, at that point because I was internally because I had so much fluid filling up my lungs. They was shaking my oxygen level and they was telling me it was going. I mean, I could hear them count. It's going down. It's in the eighties. Is my oxygen levels was going down. Mm-hmm. You know, your oxygen level was supposed to be like. You know, 97, 98, mine is going in the 80s. You know, it was going down, you know. And even though I was pissed and I was getting into it with them, I know what these numbers call now because we don't, I've been in the hospital enough to know about these oxygen levels. I'm like, this ain't right. Mm-hmm. They knocked, they had to knock me out and cut me out my clothes and uh, get me to a surgery immediately because it was either going to be them or me. I mean, that's how bad it was. And uh, 
All I knew is I woke up. I guess I was in ICU. To him saying, her dad, because uh, he had left my Calais with my sister at the hospital, and he had drove out. He was gone. But uh, they called him back and said she's, you know, we having to take, you know, have the babies now. And um, all I know is I woke up to him saying, "You, you had twins." Two boys, mm-hmm. Trish. And at that point, I didn't know what I was saying. They were telling me a boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know I was having two boys. And uh, I was, whatever they gave me, it was really good because he said that. And I didn't, like, I didn't know if I was dreaming or what, but I took my tail on back to sleep because it was some good sleep. So <laughs> I went on back to sleep. And I just, the, but God that I woke up is the part that I, you know, I could deal with everything else. But I woke up. Yeah. Glory to God, you know, because I woke up from yeah. whatever from because I remember what I was going through before that and that I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. And then for a period of time I didn't know what had happened in my life and then I woke up to him telling me I had two more kids. Mm-hmm. And so the next day, you know, I mean he and he because I was out, he had to make the decision about what to do with the kids. Um, and mine wind up one going to MCP, uh, Mecca Center Plano, mm-hmm. because they were too critical. One was like 10 ounces, if you can imagine, a glass of water. That's how big one baby was. So they were alive when they were? When they, they were born them? alive. Uh-huh. They were born alive. And uh, one was 10 ounces and the, one, the other one was one pound, two ounces. Mm-hmm. And um, when the more critical baby stayed with me because mm-hmm. I was in medical center Arlington mm-hmm. and they took the other baby to medical center Plano. And, um, and so they, they, I woke up, they got me out of ICU the next day, put me in the room. I was okay. They had pulled a lot of fluid off me. Mm-hmm. My mom then came in there and they was like, cause I had a catheter. I mean, they was just pulling the fluid. It was, it was so much, but anyway, uh, that was a Saturday, and Kai lived two days, and uh, I was I was telling, I don't know who that I was telling, but you know I didn't even want to be in there. I was telling Monique, I think I I didn't even want to be in there. They was calling me, telling I had met him one time, mm-hmm. and they was calling me, telling me, Michelle, he's not gonna make it. Um, you need to come on down. Or do you, you want to come on down? Cause you know we they gonna they was gonna take all the machines off and and at first I said I can't watch my baby die like that. You know I mm-hmm. was you know I but I already I mean like most said as soon as they I was up I think everybody and their mama had came to see me. I think Skip and Sonya had came, Ruth, everybody from the church. And Sonya was like, damn, you were moving around. <laughs> I was, you know, they put me in my room and I was like, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, you know, I ain't new to this, you know, I've been through this. So I was like, if anybody can see this through, it's me. Cause this is the exact setup of what happened with chaos. Only it's just two babies this time, you know, but they called me and said he wasn't gonna make it. And uh, I was like, I can't see him die. I mean, I didn't, I didn't even know what he was gonna. I hadn't even seen him. I, I had seen him once, but I didn't see. He was all wrapped up and stuff. And I was like, I don't want to watch my baby die like this. 
And I told him, nah, just go ahead and do what you're going to do. And I sat there for a few minutes and I said, he ain't got nobody else in this world. Why would I let my baby die? Like, just at least. So I had to give myself nothing about me in that moment. It was, you know, he going to be all right. He going to see Jesus. Going to say bye to him, you know. Going to say bye. So I did. I went and I, you know, said goodbye. And the guilt that you feel is just. I don't know if anybody told me, I don't know if y'all experienced it, but I was so guilty. Like, you know, you feel like it's all your fault, you know. Like, what could you have done better mm-hmm. in the situation? But, you know, anyway, I, I made my peace and I just told him I loved it. And, you know, they even, I don't know if I ever told Sonya, but they they let me take him in the room, you know, like the rooms where you spend the night, Sonya, for the, and I took pictures with him, I got to bathe him, I got to dress him up, you know, like, he was, you know, he's my kid, you know, he was born and he lived, and he lived two whole days, and he died on Kelly's birthday, you know, that was, so that's always a memory, you know. Mm-hmm. He died on her birthday. But I can't dwell because guess what? I got a whole other baby mm-hmm. out here in Plano. And uh, as soon as they released me from that hospital, I'm out. I'm like, okay, I got to go see about my younger because, mm-hmm. I mean, he had a better chance. He was a bigger baby. Mm-hmm. And he was beautiful, too. They were both so, they were beautiful. Oh my gosh, they were beautiful. And uh, they were just as red as they wanted to be, like my mama. They was just as red. But I uh, I think I got at the hospital that Tuesday. Then I gave myself one day and I was mm-hmm. checking on them and stuff. Then Wednesday, I was down there. I was mm-hmm. and I got to see him. And oh he was just oh he, oh, he was just perfect. I was like, he gonna be all right. He gonna be all right. And they was at first they was telling me he was doing all right, you know. And um, I was gonna go see him that Friday evening, but I didn't for some reason. Mm-hmm. And they called me that Friday evening. They say we don't know if he gonna make it through the night. I'm like, wait a minute. I was just there Wednesday. What happened? You know. I mean, but they was just so little. I mean, it was just. It would have been a, a true miracle for them to uh, to make it. And it would have been a long haul. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw what Sonya went through. And my baby probably would have been as critical or more than hers. And uh, I, I, it would have been a lot. Mm-hmm. It would have been, I mean, we wasn't there with her every day. And but we, I felt her pain. You know, it was palpable. It really, really was. I mean, and just her exhaustion more than anything. Mm-hmm. I just she was she was tired. You know, but you do what you do. You know, make you do through. what you do to make it through. And uh, so I was willing. I saw my friend go through it, so I'm like, I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, even so- with a kid. So Sonia's experience 
with Ryan happened before your twins? Yeah. So Sonya, yeah, so, Sonya, 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 but see my, but see my um my the uh Caleb. Mm-hmm. He when I went out there that Saturday morning, I had to make the decision to take him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So there was Kai that was died on Monday, and Caleb passed that Saturday. Saturday. Uh huh. And so it wound up being a blessing because, in a way, because the hospital never did come pick up Kai. Mm. Yeah, they, they he was just in the hospital morgue. Yeah. In Medical Center Arlington, they never came to. I picked out the funeral home, but they never picked them up. But then when Caleb died, mm-hmm. they had picked him up, and I was able to bury them together, oh, and I didn't cool. have to experience two separate funerals. two separate funerals. And they were so tiny that they fit in the same little box. And but it was my first time getting to hold them together. But of course, they were all you know. They were they had passed, but um, there's just the 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 letdown because I I just knew the one of these babies was gonna make it, and then to try to have to tell to have to tell my daughter she she's not gonna be a, a big sister. It, uh, um, it was so traumatizing. Mm-hmm. I mean, to and I made the decision not to have her at. The burial service, mm-hmm. and because I still hadn't processed, I don't even know if I had told her about the second baby that she knew about the first one, mm-hmm. but she was still telling people, "Well, we still got another baby coming," you know, and I can't even speak on how much it hurt me to have to have that conversation with her, but. Like I said, the guilt and the the, the letdown, and mm-hmm. because you build yourself up like this is about to go down, like this is, you know, I'm gonna do everything I can to make this kid's life great, and you know, even if it takes me, if he gonna be ill, if he gonna be sickly or whatever, mm-hmm. and then it didn't, it, it didn't happen, it it didn't happen, um, but yes, yeah, Sonya's did because I saw her strength. I saw her go through. I mean, it was one thing. I I was at peace with the boys. Yeah, I went through it with Kales, but she was more healthier when she came home. And she only stayed in the hospital for seven weeks versus Ryan for what six months. But whatever, you know, but so I I saw, you know, so I I it was a better she did uh, you know well coming home, even though she was smaller. But I just know the tr- the the journey would have been hard with those two sickly little boys. So I I just kept telling myself, God knew. Okay. God knew. You know. Well, yeah, I want to thank you y'all. for. Sh- that's okay. When I say that's okay, I don't mean I don't want you to think I'm discounting your feelings and like it's gonna be all right. Like I just want you to understand and people listening to understand because so often as black women, we suppress what we feel. We, we feel that hurt, but we won't let it out. And so in this space, on this show, it's okay to let that out because it's there. It's going to come out in one form or another. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. 
So I want you to know when I say that's okay, that's what I mean. Let let it out. I'm I'm cool with it. I'm gonna laugh with you. I'm gonna cry with you. I'm gonna cuss with you, and I'm gonna fight with you. Which one we? You just tell me which one we got to do, and I'm okay. It's probably gonna be a little bit of all. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's okay to let it out because I think your children deserve your tears. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and you true. deserve the opportunity true. to let them out. That's really and true. um. Sorry. So you gave me a great segue in the Sonya. <laughs> so if you want to go ahead and share your story. Uh, um, I'm going to long, but I'm, I'll try to make it sh- as condensed as possible. Um, as Trisha and Monique said, uh, just got married in 2001. Um, got pregnant in 2003. Um, was not expecting to have kids, wasn't trying to have kids. Um, even when I found I was pregnant, I was still in denial because we weren't trying to get pregnant at the time. We were just trying to figure out marriage. Um, I think I was 31, I think 31, 32, something like that. So new wife, <clears throat> new husband, new home. Found I was pregnant. By the time I found I was pregnant, I was probably two months going in. And it goes back to the question you had. I'll do. I'll talk about that later when you ask your question, because it makes a difference. I had a white gynecologist, and I think it made a lot of difference in um, how my healthcare went. Um, so pregnant, a um, couple of times I was much bigger than I uh, looked or what the months said. So when she caught me at three months or four months, I looked like I was about five months. So she couldn't really get my timing right um, at the time. Um, by six months, I pretty much just swole. So I had preeclampsia, but again, never taken off bed rest, um, never put on bed rest, still working every day. Um, uh, and as a matter of fact, another principal and I, we, she ended up in the hospital. We were both pregnant at the same time. Um, let's see, preeclampsia. So I was swelling at that point, really swollen, a lot of fluid or either in my pregnancy count off. When we did the count again, I was still uh, four, five months at the time. Went into six months. Ryan was due on September the 10th, 2003. I had Ryan on June the 10th, 2003. So you can do the math. Um, So right at my six month pregnancy, um, I already had preeclampsia. At that point, I'm living in Pleasant Grove. Uh, but I'm seeing a doctor in Arlington, didn't want to switch doctors at the time. So I'm still driving to Arlington and I had Ryan at Arlington Memorial. Um, one day I was just, um, she finally did put me on bed rest or rest, not bed rest, but just rest. I just told her, like I said, I was just too swole. Like I said, still working, still doing everything. Then one weekend, um, Felt like somebody was just hitting me in the head with a sledgehammer. My, I could, my head felt like it was about to explode. Um, I can't express, you have to go through it to know, Trisha, understand what I'm saying, Monique, Mike. So with a preeclampsia, your blood pressure is rising. Mm. So, um, and you're selling, taking on fluid. My head hurting horrible. My husband at the time was, um, I think he was gone out with some friends or something. Oh no, at work. He was at work. And, um, my head was just like, I could not, and I have a high pain threshold, so I tend to deal with pain. Um, my head was just hurting. It was excruciating. Prior to that, I was already sent up obst- obst- obstetrician, I believe, or the name, 
electrician above said, I can't remember. It's a, it's a special you see when they see something. Mm -hmm. Because I opted not to have the, um, I don't, what is it called? Yeah, amnios didn't see. Because mm -hmm. I'm one of those people where, you know, what God, what God gives, what God's going to give. Because, you know, it was like a the percentage rate, nurses mm -hmm. know, of when that needle goes in. I didn't want to take that chance. They'd already mm -hmm. told me that they saw some prenatal stuff. Chromosome, when you go through that test where you do all the chromosome, the Down syndrome, all of that, they saw something via the brain stem so or they thought possible spinal bifida is what i was told so at that point i was an obstetrician or specialist just to kind of look at that which was crazy because she sent me for that but that doctor saw nothing in regards to that um still had preeclampsia uh, like I said, the one weekend I was just, or one day I was just, my head was killing me. It was just, it was, it was out of control. It felt like you could take my head and it was just bamming against the wall. Like it just, it was excruciating. Called my um, ex-husband at the time and said, something is not right. Um, I need you to come home. I think I need to a hospital. I called my doctor and she's like, I need you to head to the hospital. Um, as we're getting there, I'm in the car again. Mind you, we're driving from Pleasant Grove to Arlington. Um, and I'm just, my head is just, I'm, you know, at this point, when I get there, they doing a mercy C-section. All I can see, I remember, I remember lights. I could hear a bunch of talking, but all I did know, I heard that, you know, they are dying. That means I'm dying, he's dying. Mm -hmm. And in order for either of us to live, mm -hmm. they have to take it. Mm -hmm. um, because again, I'm, um, I'm going into a, um, a stroke because the blood pressure was so in a stroke coma level. Mm. And I think I had to be in a coma for a day or two, I think. I don't really remember. They can tell me. I don't know. Um, so at that point, we're dying. Um, what's high in me is low in him. So as I eventually come to... So my you try to see if I can give you a picture. I've, ha I've had the baby. Um, but again, I'm still out of it. So similar mm -hmm. situation. Because if you're dying, I had to be in a coma up for a day. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm up, but I'm still trying to figure out, you know, all, all the last thing I saw was lights mm -hmm. and people around me. So I'm trying to figure out, did I have a baby? What? Just what? What? You know, and I can't imagine my ex-husband at the time. It's like your wife, your child. What What are you? Mm -hmm. I can imagine this isn't him trying to make. It's like, mm -hmm. just, I don't know. Take the baby. Let's see. Um. I think a day or two, blood pressure is still extremely high. Um, that didn't come down for a week or so. Um, um, had Ryan, Leighton, Francis, um, Tiffany named him. Um, when uh, they told me when he was, he was one pound, two ounces. Um, I, you know, Tracy, if y'all know me, y'all know me, I say what most people don't want to say. It's different. They like little newborn birds. It's hard mm -hmm. to process that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I say so, but I'm gonna give you my situation. So I'm out of it for three days, Tracy. So I haven't even seen the baby yet. No clue. I don't. I don't know what's going on. I'm still trying to get blood pressure down. And what I found out later, well, I end up having preeclampsia. Then what I had was HELP syndrome. That's not spoken about a lot. And let me just what tell is, you what that is. Okay, it's called H E L L P. So you have preeclampsia, but when your preeclampsia goes beyond, it turns into HELP syndrome. Mm -hmm. And that happens out of five to 8% women who are pregnant. It's just, it's a small, it's a, it's a life threatening disorder um, associated with preeclampsia around your 20th week of pregnancy. What it is, is that it, um, 
hemolysis, elevated liver enzymes, and then low um, low platelet count. So it's H E H H E L L P. Um, and when those become so high, what that means is my blood pressure is extremely high. My platelet count is high or it's low. That means his blood pressure is low. So everything opposite in me, it's opposite. In, it's in him. So, so if, your if I'm high platelets and I got high blood pressure, his is dropping. Low. So mm -hmm. we're fighting each other. And the only way to survive either way, he's killing me and I'm killing him. Mm. Um, so the only way to survive is to take the child for either of us to live. Um, I think probably within three or four days, I think I was still under. About the fourth day, I do wake up and um, uh, he's one pound, two ounces. Still haven't seen him. Don't know what's going on. He was born with hydrocephalus. Ooh, it's a lot of words I can't remember. Um, pretty much there are 10 things that a pre preemie child who was born early with. Of those 10, Ryan probably had seven. Mm. Okay. Hydrocephalus, that's the enlargement fluid that's on the, the brain. brain. Um, uh, intestinal colostrum issues. He had to have intestines cut. My story, as I'm trying to make it as sh short as I can, but pretty much from that point of hospital, this is what's going on. I would tell you this, Tracy. The one of the things that once I'm 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 coming to trying to figure out, and a doctor comes to me, white male, and says he's not going to make it. As you're coming to, I'm coming to. I'm trying. I'm actually up after three days. Mm -hmm. I'm up. Blood pressure is still extremely high. They're still working to lower that. Doctor comes in, tells me I've had a son. Da, da, da. A social worker comes in and speaks and says, you know, ask for a name. We have a name and says, um, with this situation, he probably will not make it. We usually try to give parents an option at this point. Uh, mind you, I'm trying to figure out what, what, like I'm trying to, and I, when I read it, when I used to read a lot about these premium situations, that is, something very common i don't think it's a race thing i think that's mm -hmm. just a common thing mm -hmm. that they tell you you know he's not going to make it pretty mm -hmm. much what they're saying tracy is take him off the stuff right mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. and for me my god gave me a child mm -hmm. if he didn't come in his world dead then it's not my place to take him off anything mm -hmm. so it's my place that if he's alive it is his right to live mm -hmm. until the lord says something different mm -hmm. Um, at that point, he's surviving. He's one pound, three ounces, two ounces. He's growing some. He has hydrocephalus. At that point, the fluid was so much on his brain, they had to go in and put a sh uh, shunt. I later found out that should have never happened. But at that point, we're there. We're at Arlington Memorial. I don't know. Um, I know I didn't go home to, uh, I don't think I went home to like a week and a half afterwards. Um, he remained at Arlington Memorial because they, did, they were not set up to actually do NICU at that point, they had to transport him. So we had to choose between Dallas and Fort Worth. At the time, Dallas could not. So we chose Cook's Medical. So we chose Cook's Medical. Um, so pretty much um, from the time he was born from June 10th, Ryan did not, um, he would reign in NICU for, I think, from June to October. Okay. Now, one of the things I tell people is, Premies, Trish, you understand that? It's a very, that's a whole nother space mm -hmm. and a whole nother level of understanding. Um, you just have all these babies on these machines and, you know, he's on machines. So when I tell people my first pregnancy, I'm more, I felt more of a caregiver first mm -hmm. than a mother. Because mm -hmm. Tracy, you have to ask, I have to ask the nurses, can I hold the baby that I birthed? Mm -hmm. 
So I didn't hold my baby, Tracy, till July. I had him in June. I didn't oh, hold no. him till the middle of July. My first time ever holding him. So they removed the Cook's Medical Center at that point. Um, again, he's had two or three surgeries at this point. Um, he's had a shunt. Once we get to Cook's, I find out that the doctor should have never placed that type of shunt. He should have, should have been, been sent to Cook's immediately. Again, when you have all these things been thrown at you, you're trying to figure out what am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. um, and again, I'm still being told, you know, he's not going to live a great life. He's not going to be able to do this. He's not going to be able to do walk, talk, speak, da, da, da. They're telling all the things. To me, it's just pretty much saying, don't put him through that. Mm -hmm. Pull the plug. Mm -hmm. But again, my child is still alive and breathing. So we're at Cook's Medical. Um, we ended up going to Cook's Medical. He was born in June. I believe we went to Cook's Medical in July, middle of July. And we remained there through October. Um, and so eventually that's where I spent most of my time. Well, at the time, what I opted to do was, um, since he was already in hospital, what I decided to do was to continue to work until they brought him home. So mm -hmm. I would work and then I would go to the hospital every day, five days a week from work to Fort Worth. Um, it became a strain and a stress. Um, eventually, again, he went through a lot. He went through five or six surgeries um, due to the hydrocephalus, all of that. Um, here now, we're NICU, we're growing, we're getting bigger. Um, let's see. I don't know if you can see. Mm -hmm. So this is down to the end, kind of like we're close. You know, this is just one, two. That's a lesson. Um, cause there were many, we eventually get to the stage where like Trisha said, you get to take them home. You spend that time. So what you do is you go to a room and they, they, when they tell you, they're going to start sending them home, you get adjusted. So they have the crib and everything set up. And it's just like, you know, and what people would, whether you believe it or not, you understand you have a child, but the child is not there with you. So we're parents, but we haven't parented. Mm -mm. Okay, so I'm breastfeed. I'm pumping the whole time. Pump, yes, Lord, I'm the, pumping whole the whole time. time. So sending milk, taking milk. I had to get to the point where I could only go to the hospital two to three times out of the week because it was coming too much, leaving work, going there five days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, so we went into um, uh, uh, I forgot the name. You think you learn all this stuff? But in that in that time in that time, Tracy, I'm a student first. So mm -hmm. you're not gonna talk. I'm not your average black woman because that's what you feel. You're not gonna talk over me. Right. And so you're going to talk in my terms so I understand because you're not dealing with a regular parent. I went and mm -hmm. got me a nurse. We'll never forget. She told me, I'm going to bring you this book and I need you to learn all this because the doctors will talk over you and mm -hmm. you need to get in there and know exactly what's going on. She brought me this book and I learned every piece of equipment, mm -hmm. every word, whatever. So I studied <laughs> so I can understand what was going on in that space because Anybody would tell you that's a different space than mm -hmm. NICU. That's yeah. a whole nother level mm -hmm. of care. Um, so we got to uh, have a night with him. Um, he's coming home. We got to feed him. Understand when my baby came home, he came home with a shunt placed in his head because of hydrocephalus. Mm -hmm. He had to have so much intestine cut. So at the end of the day, he could not. He had to be too fed. He could not be fed through his mouth. So he had to be too fed. So he came home with too fed and he came home with a breathing machine and a feeding machine. And he came home with, again, we had to monitor the shunt. But like they said, and I'll tell you, in any hospital, the babies just grow better when they're in the home. Mm -hmm. um, so he comes home and we're caring for him. Ryan comes home in October and we're, we're, we're here we go. We're, we're parenting because again, now we're parents. So it's almost like now we're, it's almost like, it's almost like Tracy, I've just had the baby and I'm getting ready to take him home. Mm -hmm. Mind you, I'm seven, six months already down the road. 
But again, I go to the hospital, I dress them every day. You know, Trisha, let me tell you, we went there, we killed. It's just a process. You, they try to their best to make you feel as motherly as possible. You really do. Um, so we get home. He has his machines. Um, at this point now, I'm not, I can't work. But God, to God be the glory. I've been there for a long time. And at that time in the district, you could donate days from friends. And so the blessing was, I still had a check the entire time I was never working. So that was a blessing. So we still had two incomes coming in. Mm -hmm. um, he's home. He's on a machine. You never really sleep um, because you don't know if your baby's going to wake up the next morning. Mm -hmm. um, at that point, Tracy, I'm especially a teacher, but I learned so much in the process, not even knowing working for Dallas ISD, that there was an early childhood intervention. Never knew anything about it. Been in bed for so long. And so these were these people, the social workers set you up with these people to come into your home and begin to work with your child. So again, my child is home um after so we go through this you got therapists coming in and out um he had a physical therapist an occupational therapist a speech therapist to help us learn to teach out with the feeding um he had a nurse come that comes in and check on him so all of this through early um eci services early childhood intervention so every day one of us had to work Ross still going to work um so every day five days a week somebody's in and out of my house from morning to night because you know the thing is when you lose children, you lose normalcy, mm -hmm. okay? So we didn't get the luxury of a pregnancy, a full mm -hmm. pregnancy. Mm -hmm. That's the part people know what it talks about. Mm -hmm. When we've had these babies early, Monique said, I couldn't tell you what a contraction was. I never mm -mm. made that far to a contraction. Mm -mm. I never did either. Monique went into labor, but didn't know that was contraction. So the biggest thing after was that, yes, I couldn't stand to see a pregnant woman. Mm. Could not. Um, they don't tell you that again, it's, you have grief from loss, but you have grief from the stages of pregnancy. We had to grieve and I had to study this. There's grief from not being able to go through what you call normal pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Cause every woman, when you're pregnant, you got this vision Yeah. of, you got the room, you got what it's going to be. You got what it's going to be like. Mm -hmm. And so you have death of your reality. You have mm -hmm. death of your normalcy because that's gone now. This is my new life. Mm. and so people in and out house five days a week but again he's my child is growing my baby's doing things they said he would never be able to do and they had the wrong mama because that's what i did for a living so mm -hmm. i always say too you there are some women who get mad and but you know i still firmly believe that you know we were chosen because every woman can't do this not every woman lives through this not every marriage makes it through this it is a it is a lot mentally physically emotionally um so he lived he's home he's thriving um i have these therapists coming in we're working with them day by day occupational he's doing things that the doctor said he would never be able to do at this point he's actually taking baby food i can actually feed him i'm still feeding him through a tube but mm -hmm. he can actually be he actually is feeding um and so and at night he would be fed through a you know two fed through a machine mm -hmm. um so we go through that. So as he's growing, he's thriving. So what occurs was is that what happens then around, um, he has his one year birthday, June 10th, 2004. He made it to one. Um, but in that, we celebrate his one year old birthday in the hospital. Um, weeks, a week before his birthday, he's growing. So we have to go back and have a surgery because of the shunt that they place, he's growing so fast, he's outgrowing the shunt. Mm 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And the shunt is just the hydrocephalus. It's just drain the fluid. It's like a little bulb mm-hmm. in a kid's head. It drains the fluid. It either drains it to the stomach or it drains it through something else. But you want to keep the fluid off his head. Now mm-hmm. he I was blessed he didn't have the enlarged head, mm-hmm. um, but he still had the fluid on the brain. And so um going through that, he outgrown his shunt. Great doctor out of Fort Worth. So we had to do a shunt replacement. So it was time for surgery. Um, and I will never forget this day because we were stuck in traffic, I believe. I forgot what president at the time was or the governor was in town. So we were stuck in traffic. He's scheduled for surgery. It's like, you're losing it. But we get there, his shunt is replaced. Again, his shunt has been replaced because he's growing. Again, my baby's doing things the doctor said he would never be able to do. So Sean is being replaced. We're at Cook's. Sean is replaced because he's outgrown it. We're doing great. We're in the hospital. Um, we celebrate his one-year-old birthday after he had his surgery. But then uh, a couple of nights later, day later, after the, the day of the surgery, I kept saying something isn't right. Because at this point, I've learned most things. I know what, what shit looks like. One of the biggest things I is to listen to the mother. I know what my child needs. I know what it should look like. I know how he should be fed. After the surgery, blood is supposed to, the fluid is supposed to be flowing. It wasn't flowing. I'm looking at the bag. It's not flowing. What? Ma'am, it's not flowing. Mm. It's not, well, ma'am, it's just going to be this, you know, da, 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 da. It's going to come. Okay. I'm monitoring. I'm watching. Okay. And we're watching me, Kip and Rob, we're in the hospital room, in the room and we're just, you know, we're watching him and I'm like, it's still not flowing. This does not, it should be flowing. Regardless, it's not flowing. I go to the nurse again. Can you call this doctor because it's not flowing? Well, let me come look at it. He's uh, no, he's looking fine. It's gonna take a little while. Let's just move this here. And okay, I said, ma'am, this is not flowing. His shunt is not, it should be flowing more. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said that two or three times throughout the night. At some point, all of a sudden, my child goes into um, these convulsions. Mind you, my child is he hasn't learned how to crawl yet. He can move hands, but he still wasn't walking or crawling yet. Um, my baby literally raised up on his hind feet. And eyes roll back into his head because he's having a seizure because the fluid has built up in his brain. Now I have said all night, my child is this call his doctor. At that point I lost it because I'm like, I've been saying this all night. So that's one of the regrets you really look back afterwards, the what is, but you can't let the what is because you'll never survive with the what is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just in convulsions. He's in convulsions. He's in convulsions. And he's not, you know, and come to find out the shunt had come out. Mm. So that's why I was never flowing. So he went into emergency surgery. And at that point, um, you know, and I have pictures where I think they were well there for his first birthday. I had to have his first birthday in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, my child was never the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, and I'm a realist, you know, but again, it wasn't. I don't get to say so. God said so. Um, at that point, he slowly started deteriorating um, because because of the level of fluid on his brain, um, everything began to slowly shut down. At that point, no matter how much they grant brain, they wanted to do a tracheotomy. I didn't want to trach um, because at that point he was being too fed anyway. That already he'd already been. Um, I, I cannot remember the word. They used to know all these words where they had to pretty much intubate. So they had already cut out piece of part of his intestines where nothing could come down his throat anyway. Uh, so, um, at this point he's not getting better. Um, so at the point we're still in ICU, but we're just, you know, we're not getting better. This was, um, a few days after his birthday and it was July actually. Um, he died. So what he was done, he pretty much in the hospital for weeks, weeks. Um, at one point I 
not the doctors, I. I called the doctors in charge and I said, I need to have a meeting. Mm-hmm. And I called Rennie um, and, and it was me and Rod. Um, and I asked pretty much, you know, where are we at with my child? Because I know my child is not the same. I know what he was doing before, I, before when we got here and what we're doing now. So be realistic with me. And, you know, and at that point, you know, they were like, you know, that I know y'all saw the thing with the mother who was fighting mm-hmm. uh, with Cook's Footworth about keeping her child on support mm-hmm. and all that. And again, you have to be on the other side to understand that. Um, pretty much man said that's all they could do. You know, it, he wasn't getting better. I wasn't crazy. It was not, he was totally deteriorating. So at that point, um, I didn't want to have to bring him all the way home. Um, once they finally took him, I said, well, let's just take him off everything. And so instead of being in the hospital, what I asked was, if not remain here, if there was a hospice. So we went to like a, it was a hospice facility right around the corner from the hospital cooks. And so Rod and I went there. They set up beautiful place. They set up everything. They gave us a crib, diapers, everything. They moved us over there. Um, and they took him off everything. Um, he was in the bed with me. I heard his last breath. Um, and I woke up, I knew it. I, I heard his last breath. Um, but you know, Tracy, the thing is when all those tubes are gone, my baby was at peace. Mm-hmm. He looked so beautiful. Mm-hmm. He looked like, like what he should have been looking like. So, you know, man did all they could do. So when they took everything off, he was in my arms when he died, he took his last breath. Uh, Rod and I got to hold him. We dressed him. Um, the nurses there were so wonderful. I mean, that they were so hurt, but they were wonderful. Um, we called Golden Gate. You know, I got him dressed. I bathed him, and then um, called Golden Gate to have him come get him. And then we went from there. And that is it. So he died on July um, the fourteenth, two thousand four. So. Year he lived in a year and a few months. When they said he wasn't going to live past mm-hmm. six months, I'm just I'm amazed, I'm <laughs> speechless. I, mm-hmm. I mean, you you all have touched on so much that even I wanted to ask, like the medical care, because you sound like you had good medical care, but then at the same time, you all also sound like if one person does not listen to you it makes a big difference mm-hmm. in what happens to our Absolutely. children. It does. Right. I can't speak on Monique and Trace, uh, uh, Trish, but for me, when I look back hindsight, one thing my mama said, and I don't know if you got some friends, you know, you need a black doctor. Because I look back and I look back now and there were so many things. I should have been on bed rest. Mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. preeclampsia. I should have mm-hmm. never been walking around that swollen. Mm-mm. And I think that thing of black women, you know, is treated differently you know what I mean um just her level of care when I look in hindsight to when I have this doctor now it was just different she allowed too much to go too far I've never been pregnant I don't know what I'm doing I'm you know mm-hmm. what to expect or, I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to expect I don't mm-hmm. know and so like I said from pre preeclampsia I should have already been on bed rest and I was still working I'm I'm you know swollen but you know again I can because you push through when you're in survival mode that's just what we do we're survive mm-hmm. i survive I, I keep it pushing but i should have been on bed rest um help syndrome that help syndrome oh, it, help syndrome goes beyond preeclampsia preeclampsia mm-hmm. is bad enough when i'm at help that's a doctor error mm-hmm. and so i look back on that part too i'm sorry you know and then mm-hmm. even the doctors after the hospital it was just 
part of me felt, and I, you know, I thought about a lawsuit, but it was just too much. I dealt with too much. It was too much mm-hmm. mentally, physically. I couldn't do it. It wasn't mm-hmm. enough money in the world that you could have paid us, paid us for. Um, so I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Cook's children, but that's just personal. I know a lot of things were changed because they know they fucked up. Mm-hmm. They fucked up. And they know they messed up. Yeah, that like the nurse and you done told her like three times. I'm just I don't understand that part. Yeah. And not to belittle that point, but again, and I just think about and you know, my family tends to call me sensitive or I overreact, <laughs> but my niece when she was pregnant, she had a baby in Houston. And so mm-hmm. me and my sister went down to help because she was like you're the godmother. I want you to be there. And I yes. knew at that point I couldn't have kids. So I'm like, okay, I'll experience yeah. birth through you. Right. And so I got to be in the delivery room and all of that. And she had like, she went to her, you know, OBGYN, her blood pressure was high and they took the baby because it wouldn't come down. Right. And oh. at one point my sister left to go change because I was coming back to Fort Worth and she was going to mm-hmm. stay. And so she was like, well, since you, you and my nephew, John, John and Leonard, her, her husband now at the mm-hmm. time they were there, I was like, well, she was like, you stay here and I'll go back to the apartment and change and come back. And while she was gone, like Ashley started shivering. And, and to me, it could have been nothing. Mm-hmm. But it, to me, it was something. And so, uh-huh. you know, my little ass was like, well, what y'all not going to do right. is ignore her. <laughs> right. And now right. I think about you all's story and I'm like that, you know, luckily it didn't go worse. And, you know, they eventually, you know, got into well, OBGYN right. and got the blood pressure down. Mm-hmm. But just if, you know, if we don't advocate for ourselves, what they think mm-hmm. is minor Mm-hmm. could be so major mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. my point because again it was too and, and you could just because in that situation it got to the like by the third time i said okay i pretty much came out, i said i need my doctor now mm-hmm. and i need you to call somebody now now not now and even then when he at that point he started convulsing and i would tell you tracy kiffy would tell you he's convulsing i'm like and i'm all i'm yelling i told him i've been telling him all i told her something's wrong with my baby i told him something's wrong with my baby and all of a sudden tracy let me just tell you why is a security guard out there holding me and i process i think about it so much because like i said i kept i told them i'm not gonna i kept telling her all day i've been telling her all day something is wrong with my child and i've been asking her to call my doctor all day long so they got the security for you. You thinking I've got to be irate. My child is black. My child is dying. What security here for? Now wow. you jump to it. Now, why did I have to get ethnic for you to go call my baby's doctor now? Now. For you to do your job. For you to do your job. And when I talk to my doctor, because you can don't see me as a complaining mom. I know right. I, I'm I'm his nurse. Right. I'm nurse first. I was nurse first. I'm just being honest. I was mm-hmm. his nurse then mama mm-hmm. and people got to understand that so maybe they're going to understand mm-hmm. that but you have to go through it to understand it right and so i know everything i've read every book because you're not going to talk any I, I got these services all of that and so when you when you're not listening and you're not you know i'm, I'm just pissed because i'm like i've been telling and when i when the doctor talked he says he said they should have as soon as you told them they should have called mm-hmm. wow they should have called because so- then sean had come out so 
So how do you guys, how did you all, or how do y'all, even though it's been a while, how do mm-hmm. you all, did you all start the process to heal? Have you healed? Did you all seek any professional therapy or did you do what black women do and just, you know, we go to work. We just go back to work. Well, for me, for me, okay, go, mommy, oh, for me, um, I didn't. I didn't. And that worried. Any, that worried me. That I mean, th- I didn't soul. seek any uh, mm-hmm. professional help. I mean, mm-hmm. I probably could, but you know, again, me being Monique and who I am, I'm strong and I'm strong for everybody. You know, so I, I mean, I, I just didn't. And uh, for for like now, I probably you know some days I don't really sleep. Like, you know, I may not sleep or whatever. And even with talking with Sonia, I was like, well, you know, Sonia, I'm so mad. I'm mad at God. And, you know, I was like, but I know I shouldn't be. No, like, but I'm mad at God. And I was like, Sonia, I really shouldn't be mad at him. Mm -hmm. She was like, you know, Monique, you're entitled to your feelings. I mean, whatever you still believe. But, you know, for me, I think it's still an ongoing, just, you know, just an ongoing process and maybe I just did the black thing and I ain't going to cancel it right, you know right. I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go tomorrow right. and tomorrow's been then, a long time right. and for me that worried me about Monique because once I once I totally learned what Monique went through mm-hmm. the the full story um you know, Monique just, it worried me because she was too calm. And with Trisha, it just worried me, you know, and, and we're all tough. We're all, that's our demeanor. We, and, and we got to work on that. We, we handle our, we friends, but I, I got this by myself. I got it. I got it. Um, I did go, Tracy. So, Oak Cliff Bob Fellowship was wonderful. Um, we, were, we weren't even members just yet. We were been visiting, trying to find a church. Um, and they stepped in. We did, we had the funeral there. We actually had a funeral. We had the whole um, shebang. Um, and I remember going to Dr. Acho. Um, I decided to go to, you know, therapy. And mm-hmm. when I tell people this, you can read it, you know, marriage is either survive or they don't. I know that it has, that had a big part on our marriage. Mm-hmm. Understand we were, we would, we, we were just married. We, we'd only been a couple, I mean, married a year. And then you got this baby with all this stuff. So we never dealt with that. So that was one of my biggest issues. I went, but he wouldn't go. And mm-hmm. I had to learn that people grieve differently mm-hmm. um, where I felt like you want to get over it and I don't want to get over it, you know? So just those things in hindsight now, when we talked, can I talked about it? It's just everybody grieves differently, you know? And they tell you most marriages, it's, it's a 70%. Some marriages do not make it after the death of children and some do it make it stronger. Um, that's not uncommon. I saw that in NICU often. Um, I went to Dr. Acho. I went for, a, I went a couple of times and like I told Monique, I'm mad. And I tell people this, religious or not. And I mean this because I'm I'm honest in the sense that when you if you don't know what to say, just don't say nothing. Don't yeah. say nothing. When you come from a religious, religious family, I tell my mama, I used to tell all the time, the biggest thing that pissed me off was that's okay. God will give you another one. Mm-hmm. But I want to grieve this one. How the fuck do you get to tell me what's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. And I told Kiffy last to this day, and I told him, I said, if I hear one more look to the heels from come out, I swear to God, I'm gonna slap the shit out of somebody mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the Bible mm-hmm. because I ain't trying to hear it. He took mm-hmm. my child. Mm-hmm. Why would he give me this baby and take him from me? Mm-hmm. 
but I'm proud that I had my foundation. God knew I was angry. Mm-hmm. It's those over-religious folks who get to tell me, how am I supposed to? No, I get to question God. He ain't going to answer, but I still get to question. He and makes, no mistakes, makes no mistakes. Makes no mistakes. And the moment you don't, you, you know that I eventually, but I, it, right today, now, no. He made a mistake. Today, <laughs> yes. he made a mistake. He picked the wrong kids. I am, I am mad at you. Mm-hmm. And I prayed every night because this was our conversation. Mm-hmm. But these over-religious folks, it, it, that's my big I used to tell my mama when I, and the thing is it seems like after Ryan died I became the spokesperson of Sonya can a friend call you and you know what I realized later on that was my healing Yeah, that was my healing it was my healing to be able to talk to Monique and Trisha because mm-hmm. the more I talked the more I healed um, even in that Tracy the same people that came in I knew major pay cut but I knew I was supposed to work for them I actually went and worked for the people who came in to work for my child mm-hmm for a year and I knew I was supposed to be there because I was a woman who now had the perspective of you got these people coming to your house but I've also been a woman who I've been in and I see you so I brought a different perspective and I think a lot of the parents could respect that Mm -hmm. she don't want therapy she's Mm -hmm. tired Mm -hmm. she don't want to see nobody right Mm -hmm. and so the biggest thing I did go to therapy chair I went twice because let me say this I went and Dr. Acho he told me you can be mad at God it's okay and he had this little, he wanted me to talk and tell God how I felt. And then I stopped because the next session was, I want you to bring your husband. At the mm. time, my husband wouldn't come. So I stopped. Dr. Acho, is at Oak, was at Oak Cliff was Bible, Bible Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Bible Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, I did too, though. I did. You went as well? I did, briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was brief because... I mean, I was I was off work for several weeks. I mean, I was already off work before the kids were, you know, because I had to go in early. But I did. I was probably off work for about four months. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I did. I was. But then, when I started the the sessions, I was going into long term leave, mm-hmm. and then they were wanting to start having in order for me to be long term. They wanted all the notes and the charts mm-hmm. and all of this. And I was like, I can't have my job up in my business like that. Mm-hmm. No, I did not. It was no. Cause it was, I was getting into some real stuff and I, I didn't want them. And I said, no. And I didn't, not that they would have divulged that like to my immediate employer or my manager or whatever. I just didn't trust the process at that point mm-hmm. because I'm like, y'all know what I'm going through and you still pushing me to come back to work. So I said, okay, I'll go back to work and just deal with it, you know, however I can deal with it. But the irony is, is that I pushed through to try to get myself back together. But again, I have a five-year-old now that is, and I'm not even thinking about the loss to her. Because guess what? Now, they all the kids got the same daddy, but it's like it didn't happen to daddy see but it happened to mama and mama moving on like because because mom she don't know that i'm doing what i gotta do to take you know to be strong for her so i'm suppressing all i got going on but she's dealing mm-hmm. and nobody is recognizing her grief i was gonna ask how do you all um talk to because you have a stepdaughter monique you have yes, a daughter yes. and um Sonya, now you have Bailey and 
Trisha, you've talked about Calais. How have you guys talked to your daughters about their siblings? Because they are their siblings. <laughs> you know what you I'm know, saying? The thing is, Bailey, I've always had a picture. Rod has pictures at his house. Um, as when she got about maybe three, four, she could understand more. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I showed her her brother. She keeps a picture in her room. Um, what's so crazy is that um, me, keep me, Trisha, and Kelly and Bailey were on the phone one day, and it was so crazy how they. Recently, like last week or something. They just found out information. Like, Kelly didn't know I lost the child. Like, Kelly did. So she didn't, like, wait a minute. Wait, all y'all. So it was like, you know, Bailey Bailey didn't know. And I guess that's our, as friends, too, we didn't talk enough either. Because you would think with three people going through, we just kind of dealt with it. Mm -hmm. Monique and I talked here. Trish and I would talk here. But we never, like I said, this is probably the most in-depth we've gotten. But other than that, you know, she knows she has a brother. She keeps a picture of her brother. She's aware, um, and and then she knows they know now about you know A Monique and Aunt Trisha, they're mm-hmm. aware. But you know she knows she has a brother Ryan. What about yeah. you, Mo? Yeah, she, your stepdaughter's um, older, right? Yes, She's like yes, grown so she, now, right? Yes, twenty, twenty. <laughs> yeah, girl. Mm-mm. Yes, um, so she is aware. Um, uh, with with mine, we decided to uh, cremate, so. Uh, we did not bury because we decided we were like, no, we didn't, we were not leaving our baby where they said they wanted to bury her. Right. And I think for me, it was the best decision right. because um, we got the ashes. So we split them, mm-hmm. you know, we have half, she has half. Awesome. Um, awesome. I should have brought the, it's there in the teddy bear um, that we have. So, you know, me not being in Texas, I'm here in Georgia. So uh, every day she's here in the house. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean the ashes are here in the house. So it's just like you know she's here. So she's aware. So mm-hmm. for me it was it was great. So everywhere I go, she goes. She's here. Yeah, I mean we you know, obviously I didn't have a choice. I mean mm-hmm. because she was with me through it all. Mm-hmm. But even then, like I was saying, I had she had to start having counseling. I had mm-hmm. to because she was having she would go to her school counselor. She started kindergarten. And she would go to her school counselor mm-hmm. uh, about some things. And uh, the school counselor called me one day and was like, you know, you know, I talked to Kelly about this and this. And and I said, is she was like, is everything okay? Is she? And I had to tell her at the time uh, her daddy was getting ready to get married. Um, and potentially have more children. But she had not dealt with this, and so she I, she had to go to counseling. And they really wanted it to be more counseling outside of the school counseling. Um, but as a family, we started talking about it more, and so I think that that helped. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had, I mean, she had to have several sessions mm-hmm. to. Uh, to get to a space where she could just talk to, just to get it all out. Cause mm-hmm. she was, you know, she was mm-hmm. going through a lot. And like you say, you, you too busy trying to be strong for them. And even to this day, I have that issue. I'm still trying to be strong, you know, but when I have a loss in the family, my daughter is looking at me like, mama, why are you not crying? You know, why are you not upset? You know, we don't lost my grandmother. We don't lost an aunt, we don't, you know, we don't lost some people. 
and my grandmother was down. Everybody know that was my heart. And you know, so it's like I'm having to try to let the walls down a little, but at the same time, be strong. I mean, I don't, I don't know if y'all have that issue. It's, it's tough. You see, mm-hmm. but I think, I think to answer your question though, Tracy, in typical format, we didn't, we didn't do the counseling we should have to have lost children. No, 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 not, not consistently. Not. And I'm gonna tell you no. what happened, Tracy, because for me is when I went to counseling to talk about my separation, I realized then I never dealt with my child's death. Mm-hmm. So at that session took on, I finally got to get, deal with my child's death. I had to put that on hold so I could deal with my child's death. And that finally bought, brought me some peace. But again, that was almost some years later. later. Right. So I guess my, I wanted to also ask too, what can people, or what would you like to have had people? Cause you always tell you touched on a question that I had and I, I'm glad you did. I didn't even have to mm-hmm. answer it. Well, like when people make like really insensitive comments, I'm not going to call them stupid like I wanted to, but I will yeah. say insensitive comments. Like, you know, God don't put no more on you can bear. Mm. Yes, he does. Mm. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> um, or, or you'll have another baby or just stuff like that. Because honestly, we just don't know what to say. What to say? So we try to say something to encourage you. And sometimes you really just should be quiet. So what can people do to support a woman in these situations, you know, who, who have experienced this other than, cause sometimes prayer, y'all know, I believe me some prayer, yeah, absolutely. but sometimes it, ju- it just doesn't like, I feel like I need to do more for mm-hmm. my friend or more for this person. What would you like to say about that? For, for me, one of the things when people ask me all the time, um, I always, you know, if you don't know what to say, don't say nothing. Just hand a card. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm as much as I'm, it depends on the individual. Mm-hmm. What, that's, it depends on the individual and how they handle it. Okay. But for me, you know, I'm just, for me, I'm, I was scriptured out. I'm laughing with you. <laughs> that's real. I was scriptured out. I love the Lord and he loves me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it right now. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing I can say is send a message. Sometimes it's easy to me myself. I send texts. Mm-hmm. I can't go to, I can't, I can't see. I didn't go to either. I cannot. I, I, I just, I can't, I can talk about it, but I can, I cannot see children in a, in a, in a, in a box. I can't. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, if you don't know what to say, don't say nothing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just send a heart. And when they're ready, they'll call out to you. If mm-hmm. they need it, they'll call out if they need it. But I think sometimes we don't know what to say. Just mm-hmm. don't That's say nothing. Stuff. Sometimes just making yourself available. Like my yes. sister didn't know. She's not. And if y'all know my sister, she, I mean, she, my family is very secluded, very, you know, to themselves. But she just came and stayed with me just so I wouldn't be in the house. I was just like, just be here, mm-hmm. you know. So just to know, and I'm not, I think Mo has had to do that for me before. Just, just come stay with me. Just, just stay with me, you know. Just so you don't feel alone, alone in that right. moment. Moment, you know. Just, uh, just be right. here. That's right. a, 
and Lord knows that one don't know what to say. Mo, she she just she, she Trisha, do you need anything? You know, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Let me know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> just just be right here. And and the thing is, like I said, Kiff was there. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom was there. You know, um, you know, friends were there. Um, and and I'm gonna say this for me, that becomes overwhelming too. It does for me. I loved mm-hmm. everybody, but it was a place where I could not take it anymore. Even in the mm-hmm. hospital room, it was I, a lot of people. It was too much. It was a and lot. I had of to have. I got it, and I love them, but it was too much. Mm-hmm. So my blood—that's the big. And I will say this: I will never forget, and I won't say the name, but somebody very close to my circle. The biggest thing, too, Tracy, you don't get to tell nobody how to fucking grieve. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that again. It is not your place. And I'm a brutally honest person. You don't get to tell anybody how to be- grieve. Somebody made the comment to me, touched my soul, and I won't ever forget it because it's little shit you don't forget. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't you be over Ryan's death by now? But it wasn't until they had their own goddamn child you realize until you are a mother, you can never understand. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they meant no harm. But it came out of somebody's mouth. But until you became a mother, it was different because mm-hmm. I don't wish it on nobody. Mind you, I lost my child the next year, my father, and a couple of years after that, my mother. I've been through. Yeah. My God. And divorced and all of that. And so. That's and, like death too. And you yes. just, all, and so again, I've been through death. So I think the going through that death, you can't, it don't get no worse than losing my child. It, mm-hmm. You can't do nothing else to me. But I think dealing with my mama's death, I had peace. I'm at a place where, because I was in reality, because I have seen, when I work with ECI, Trace, I have seen mamas, I've seen going to the homes where these mamas just, they want to keep them alive. I just want a shell of a baby. And I'm brutally honest about that too, because I've been there. You want to, because I anybody say, when you get all this stuff, you want to fix that baby. Because like I said, you're, again, you're grieving the death of normalcy too. Mm-hmm. Even before the death of your child, we had to grieve the death of our pregnancies. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. If there's eight stages to death, and we're grieving the death of the pregnancies alone, I'm sure all of it. I can. I told you I could not stand to see a pregnant chick. I couldn't stand to see a stroller because I didn't have mine. It wasn't personal. You just didn't. We were. That was. That was. That was. That was acknowledging the death of our pregnancies. The death of that. What was we thought would be a normal pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Mo, did so, you want to add anything to how should people? you know, what they can do to help and support? Um, for, for me, I'm, I'm probably a little different. Um, I know people are going to say it and I'll just be like, okay, you know, thank you. But for me, it is just, you know, check on me, you know, you know, check on me, send me a text. You know, I like mail, I like cards. And mm-hmm. um, if, even if you don't want to talk, because, you know, there was one time I didn't like text, but now, I get it. I like text, you know, text me, just be like, hey, um, and, and for me, it was the support of, of, of my family, you know, and being around my family, because my family is, uh, we're very, very yeah. close and very, yeah. very tight knit. Yeah. And so even with my friends, you know, all my friends, you know, just being around and, you know, them coming to see me and laughing, because for me, I like to smile and mm-hmm. I like to laugh. That's just, mm-hmm. it's just me, no matter what I'm going through. You know that's that's what I like to do. So for me, I like to be in a happy space mm-hmm. because for me that makes that that that's better for me. Even though I may be sad, right? I like to be in a happy space. Yeah, 
Laughter is healing. It is. It, laughter is healing. So if y'all know me, I crack jokes all the time. I've been through some shit. So I, and, I, I love and to laugh. laugh. And, and that's the thing, Tracy, you said something. That's the thing. It's, it's always shocking when you tell people. Blah, blah, because the thing is, I keep a big smile on my face. Those who know me, yeah, I'm Sonya, mm-hmm. but I keep a smile on my face. And I'm always cracking jokes. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, everybody's a walking story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everybody's a walking testimony. Because I don't have to go around and say, I lost a child. And the thing is, mm-hmm. when you need me, I'm there. And I think well, for me, I never understood, God, why did you put me through it? But I have to understand on the back end that I get it. Because like I said, the more Sonya, can this lady call you? Because it just, the more I talk to women and the more I talk to, it just, it brought healing for me mm-hmm. to be able to talk to those women, have somebody that, that went through the whole process mm-hmm. and could understand what they were going through. That's yeah. such a, that's true that you said that because even the church, the ministers at the church that all came, because I just had a graveside service. I didn't have like a funeral, funeral, but the ministers at the church, I didn't even know were referring me, referring people to me. Mm-hmm. to share my story when people would come up for prayer or something like that and they would they would pull me out of church and be like hey talk to her <laughs> y'all got similar stories go talk to her right now she needs you right now she needs to hear your story and to connect with people yeah. and you know so my you know that became a part of my ministry my testimony to encourage you know somebody else even though you don't see it at that time, because I'm like, well, I know we all been through it, so we all got our own story. Mm-hmm. But then to be able to share it with somebody else and see that's a healing. you still can be encouraged in the process, you know, or through the or after the process or after the situation, after losing a child, you can still be encouraged and mm-hmm. have a smile on your face and go to church and, you know, live your life. Amen. You're going to have your days, but, you know. Well, ladies, I want to thank you. I, you know, I really appreciate you all coming on the show and sharing. Um, not to, I guess, I, Trisha gave the best, you know, opening for this part because even though we're talking about something very serious and, you know, traumatizing and important, we are a group of friends who, you know, we laugh through our pain. <laughs> we are always laughing and having fun so um y'all know I always end with a couple of questions at the end and I was like well should I ask those you know because the topic is so heavy but I don't think it would be um indicative of our ship to just end on a heavy note we got in with some laughter right so um we're going to keep it quick, though. So I got a couple <laughs> yes. of questions. Now, normally, I've been asking what 2020 taught us. We ain't going to even touch that one. We done had enough heaviness for, to, for the time I can live without power and water. And... <laughs> that's 2021. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I skipped the year. My bad. That's okay. Listen, it just seems like all one moment. Mm-hmm. Like, we only two months in. It feel like five years. What you say? So, what? Uh, I'm going to get each one of y'all. Just you give me a quick answer. Okay. Three questions. I'm gonna go in Mo, then Trisha. Well, Mo then Sonya, then Trisha. Last name order. Okay. <laughs> so Mo, if you won the Powerball, what would you do with the money? <laughs> I'm moving to the Bahamas. <laughs> I love it, Sonya. Oh Lord, I I pay off this house <laughs> and pay off these bills and get me another car That's and donate that. some here and now. <laughs> I love it, Trisha. Yeah, I will pay off the house, 
of actually knowing me, I'm ignorant. I'd probably sell the house and get the money from there too. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm a business woman. Gotta you know get all the money. Um, I would probably move somewhere beautiful too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want out of these United of States because they are not united. <laughs> so I, I want out of the United of States. So, yeah, I'm out. I feel you. Seeing so, off everything and I'm out. I love it, Mo. If they made a movie about your life, who would you want to play? Oh my who would you want to star as Monique Walker Hicks? God, uh, probably. Maybe Taraji P. Henson. Okay. She's good. Sign you. Um, either Angela Bassett or what's that other one? Uh Jennifer Lewis. Mm-hmm. That's her name, Jennifer Lewis. She That's she can be you because you funny. Yeah, and raw. Yes. <laughs> Trisha. I don't know. Probably Jill Scott. Oh yeah, she's yeah. good. Yeah, probably Jill. Okay. Last question, Mo. What would you? What is the theme song for your life? Oh, it's crazy. Theme song for my life. Oh Lord, Trace, I don't know songs like that. <laughs> you know what? I don't either. But maybe living my life like it's golden, golden right now. Uh-huh. Can I have a ratchet moment too? Yeah, I love ratchet now. <laughs> um, what's that song by? Uh, oh God, I can't. It's a Cardi B song, but I don't. I can't remember what it is. Uh, is it? up or something like that is new okay well i heard okay i like the beat but i don't know the when it's up i I don't know the lyrics (laughs) i I know because you got to be careful with yeah i don't want to i don't want to commit to that (laughs) straight singing and be like (laughs) oh i feel you so i don't really know but i probably would have a ratchet a ratchet song moment though hey ain't nothing wrong with it i love it sonia uh again i don't be knowing music today and kiffy laugh me all the time like I just be making my you own have a teenager. I, I, you gotta stay. You gotta. I, 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 I don't listen to. Yeah, I don't, you know what? Uh, uh, you know, don't worry. Be happy. You know, I'm a worry war, and I'm I'm in this place where I need to learn happiness. It, I gotta learn how to. It's okay to be happy. Yes, it is. And so I need to get to that place. Okay, Trisha. <laughs> you know, I uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I don't know, but you know what. Um, you said something, Sonya. Kirk Franklin. I just want to be happy. Happy. No, that's, yeah, that's my song. I got it on my glasses. That's it. Mm-hmm. I just want to be happy. Or don't worry, be happy. I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. I I missed out on so much happiness from a child to now. I just want to be. Happy. I just want a happy place. Happy place. Ain't yeah. nothing wrong with it, I, and mm-hmm. we deserve it. You mm-hmm. deserve to be happy, and so mm-hmm. I, I wish it for all three of you. <laughs> thank you, thank well, you, Tracy. thank you, ladies, for coming. I appreciate you. Listen, it was hard. <laughs> it was hard, but Tracy, I know. are you okay? I, are you, yeah. Okay. You have to put. You have to do a part one and a part two. <laughs> part two. I'm gonna bring on, and I hope she'll do it this week too. Uh, um, uh, we have a sorority sister, Latanya Tippin, and she works in labor and delivery. Oh, and we started the conversation. Like I think we started talking about it in September. And y'all know I bootleg write books. And one it. of the characters got pregnant, and so I started calling her, like asking questions. And she started talking. It was like at the same time, Sonya mentioned bringing you on the show. I started having the conversation with Tanya about the pregnancy and stuff like that. And she 
was like, no, listen to black women. And she started spitting up all this knowledge about how, you know, healthcare professionals don't, may not necessarily, like just the treatment alone can make yes. a big difference. I don't yes. want to speak for her, but she gave me like these videos to watch. And she was like, this is a passion of mine. And I it. I, it made a like, you know, Tanya's really quiet and she's not shy, but she's low key. And uh -huh. so she's even kill. I think that's the most emotion I've seen in her. She was like, no. <laughs> I love it. And so I'm going to bring her on as the follow-up to you all oh, to give the healthcare side. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it would just, it's just a good conversation to have because, you know, Michelle Obama put it in her book that she had had a miscarriage. Yeah. And then I think last year, Chrissy Teigen, mm -hmm. she posted mm -hmm. pictures of her and people were upset that she posted pictures about mm -hmm. her pain i'm like this is her pain this is her story and her husband yeah. and her it's story, her story. Mm -hmm. and i was just thinking that so often we look to celebrities to validate our experience mm -hmm. when it's somebody mm -hmm. right next to next you to a, mm -hmm. sister, a friend that we can learn from you yeah. know and say hey you know they've gone through it too i'm not alone or i'm pregnant now let me listen and maybe learn some stuff be on the lookout for this 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 Amen. ask these type of questions right read this book so that we don't have to this it makes no sense for it to be 2021 and we're still as black women receiving you know yeah subpar health care yeah subpar health care or any woman to lose a baby in the united states one of the greatest countries in the world used to be to for women to be women losing yeah. children but on top of that for us to lose even more children yeah. because of the color of our skin i just mm -hmm. think that's stupid right. <laughs> that's the only way for me to Absolutely. say it yeah. so right. even I though agree. i don't have kids that don't mean i'm not responsible as a woman mm -hmm. to help us learn what we can to help another woman who is pregnant or who's had a baby and lost that baby to, to know that hey you have a village and we're gonna help each other yeah through this process that's just i don't know i don't, don't give me the start i get you <laughs> sermonizing but uh <laughs> we're gonna wrap it up thank and you, thank y'all again i appreciate y'all thank you Thanks, y'all. Thanks for sticking with me to the end. I hope you learned something and I hope this episode touches you in such a way to remind you and to remind others to listen to Black women. Our health care and our prenatal care is important. And remember to subscribe to the show, share with a friend, and give me a five-star rating. Follow me on social media at Everybody's Homegirl on Facebook at Everybody's Homegirl 11 on Instagram, or you can find me on my website at www.everybodyshomegirl.com or send me an email. Let me know what you thought of the show at homegirlpod at gmail.com. Thanks and have a great day. <laughs>